Welcome once again to Leto's Law. Here's Steve Leto. Luann sent me a note. So Steve, I don't know if you've done this story before, but it appears to have come to a bit of a conclusion. And uh, I have not talked about this story before, but I remember it's all over the news. And one of the reasons I didn't talk about it was that it kept going. It kept going. And I, I sometimes, when I see a case that's winding its way through the system, I, I, I want to see it get to a natural ending spot for the story to make sense and have a conclusion, you know, story arc. Uh, and also, um, this one is just crazy, but but like I said, it has now come to, I believe, a conclusion. So this is from Cleveland.com. Jeremy Pelzer wrote this. Ohio Supreme Court rejects Oberlin College's appeal of $36 million defamation verdict. $36 million verdict against the college for defamation. You'll probably remember the story. And uh, the Ohio Supreme Court, a couple days ago, declined to review the lower court ruling that Oberlin College must pay $36 million to a nearby bakery that sued after the school and an administrator joined students in accusing the business owners of racism. So procedurally, there was a trial, a verdict. The verdict was appealed. The appeal didn't go the way the school liked. They then asked the Supreme Court to review it, the Ohio State Supreme Court, and the Ohio State Supreme Court said, we're not going to do that. So that lets the, the verdict stand. They could have accepted the appeal and affirmed it, or they could have accepted it and spun it around. But by saying they're not even going to review it, suggests, suggests, listen to that verb, suggests that they agree with the rationale of the lower courts. It suggests that. Without comment, the Ohio High Court voted 4-3 to three not to hear the appeal of the ruling, which found that the school defamed store owners Alan Gibson and his son David Gibson after a 2016 shoplifting incident involving some students from the nearby college. Um, in November 2016, David's son, who's also named Alan, tackled a student he caught stealing a bottle of wine then confronted the student and two other female students who tried to intervene. All three students were arrested and later pleaded guilty to various misdemeanor charges. Now, I will let you know the student and the students, the male student and the female students, were all black. And that's put in throughout the story here. I'll just, I'm going to mention it once. And before the students admitted their guilt, however... Student protests broke out accusing the bakery's owners of being racists. Oberlin's student government passed a resolution accusing the bakery of a history of racial discrimination. The woman who was the dean at the time of the dean of students handed out flyers protesting the bakery. And school officials moved to stop ordering food from the bakery for its dining halls. The case quickly turned into a national cultural flashpoint, with critics accusing Oberlin and its students of engaging in cancel culture. Others called the judgment against the school excessive, arguing it reflected the emotions of people who are fed up with public shaming by the politically correct. But you have to remember, that all might be true. But the question is, did someone say something that was objectively false about the bakery? 
And so remember, just because you're angry at somebody doesn't mean you can sue them. And uh, just because they said not nice things about you, you can't sue them. So if they said, uh, we don't like that bakery, yeah, can't sue for that. But here's the deal. Oberlin's student government passed a resolution accusing the bakery of a history of racial discrimination. And then the then dean of students handed out flyers protesting the bakery. And the question is, what did the flyers say? Because it says school officials moved to stop ordering food from the bakery. If there's no contract in place, they're allowed to do that. They don't have to buy food from anybody they don't want to. So that's all included just to tell you part of the story. But the underlying lawsuit was one of defamation. So there's a bakery that's been in town for a long time. There's the incident involving the black students. And the allegation is that people at the university made defamatory statements about the bakery. And a jury apparently bought that. In June of 2019, a Lorraine County trial judge awarded the Gibsons $44 million, though that amount was then later reduced to $25 million. Oberlin was also ordered to pay $6 million in attorney fees and $4.5 million interest. It all adds up. So in April, three judges on the Ohio 9th District Court of Appeals upheld the judgment against the school. In a statement, Oberlin said it was disappointed that the Supreme Court chose not to hear its appeal. The issues raised by this case have been challenging, not only for the parties involved, but for the entire Oberlin community, said the statement, which was sent by a spokesperson for the school named Scott Wargo. We remain committed to strengthening the partnership between the college, the city of Oberlin, and its residents, and downtown business community. We will continue in that important work while remaining focused on our core educational mission. The Gibson family and their attorneys, in a statement released by attorney Brandon McHugh, said that the entire state of Ohio should appreciate that the courts recognized Oberlin's deplorable conduct. He added, the power of truth has enabled the Gibson family to survive Oberlin's onslaught. Truth still matters. David can still overcome Goliath. And so keep in mind the legal aspects here. You've got the plaintiff, who's the bakery, defendant, which is the school, and the allegation is that the school, or people there, defamed the bakery. And that's a relatively straightforward case. And I remember at the time watching this whole story unfold, and one of the reasons I didn't cover it back then is the way these stories unfold, you often hear the accusations first, okay? And I remember hearing these accusations about this bakery and what they were doing and how out of control it all was. I remember hearing those accusations. But I've also learned from just being on this planet for a couple decades, a few, more than a handful, um, that sometimes the first thing to hit the news is not the most accurate. And by the way, that's not the fault of the news necessarily. Because what happens is something happens and people start screaming and yelling about it. The screaming and yelling is part of the news. So quite often they'll say, oh, there's this huge controversy happening now in this small town because of an incident that happened at this bakery. And that's the story that starts to unfold. And somewhere along the line, they alleged that the school where these students attended, that the school itself had stepped into this argument 
and had defamed the bakery. And it later turns out that the students, three of them, pleaded guilty to various misdemeanor charges. So the question is, were the statements that the school made about the bakery factually correct or were they defamatory? And apparently something about the history of the bakery and how it's been treating its customers and patrons and so on uh, got involved there. And there were also flyers handed out. And one of the interesting things is that when you go to trial over defamation, slander, libel, whatever it might be, different forms. Remember that slander is spoken, libel is written, generally speaking. Someone handing out flyers, you can guess that those flyers are later exhibits in court. So you got to be really careful when it comes to putting something in print about somebody else, if you aren't 100% certain that it is factually accurate or not actionable because it's an opinion. So let's suppose that there is a business in town, and just to make sure that we're, you understand I'm not talking about these people, let's suppose there is an auto shop, there's a, a mechanic, little mom-and-pop mechanic shop, Okay. That's what it's called, the mom-and-pop mechanic shop, okay? So it's on the edge of town. It's been there for a million years, okay? And something happens there. Some kind of incident happens there. And I come to the conclusion that it was a racially motivated incident. And I decide that I want to get involved. I want to I speak out. I think, I think that auto shop should be punished. So I print up flyers and I go, the mom-and-pop auto shop, is a horrible establishment. They're not nice people. I I encourage you to not go there. Nothing defamatory there. These are my opinions. I don't like them. I don't think you should either. But the second I say something that sounds measurable or, or, you know, true or false kind of thing, right? They're racist. They're thieves. They're... um, they're criminals. Oh, now those, those, I realize they sound like insults, but those are the kind of insults that you'd be able to say, wait a second, but is that true? Is that, is that true or is that not true? And so to print up flyers and say boycott mom and pops, it might be an unfriendly thing to do. It's not illegal. Print up flyers, say boycott mom and pops. Not a problem. Boycott mom and pops because they're thieves. Oh? (laughs) Exhibit A in the lawsuit right there. And so that's the thing. Now, I don't have a copy of the flyer in front of me. But it says here specifically there's three things that came into account. And one of them was the resolution passed by the student government accusing them of a history of racial discrimination. Whether that's actionable or not, hard to say. You have to read the resolution. But the dean of students handing out flyers protesting the bakery. Again, depends what they say. And then the school officials moving to stop ordering food from the bakery. But like I said, for it to be a defamation case, there had to be something in there that the court found that was objectively measurable 
and was false, and it harmed the bakery. So it's a wild case. And by the way, some people don't understand this either. Some people say, Steve, if I'm a big corporation and I get hit with a big judgment like this from a big entity, I can just stall by filing appeals, right? Oh, no, no, no. Did you catch the fact that there's interest in there? They've got to pay $4.5 million in interest. That may have climbed by now. But the other thing you have to remember is that many states, and I suspect Ohio is probably the same, in many states to file an appeal after you've had a money judgment levied against you so that you don't game play, you're forced to post a bond. And many states make the bond a multiplier of the judgment, meaning that if you are hit with a $10 million judgment, you may have to post a 12 or $15 million bond. So the good news is when someone takes something up on appeal and loses, you just walk over, take the bond, thank you very much, you just got paid. And I know that because I've done a ton of appellate work. <laughs> so the Ohio Supreme Court rejects Oberlin College's appeal of $36 million defamation verdict. This is probably the end of it. Uh, if there's some way they could shoehorn this into some kind of constitutional issue, they might be able to try to take it higher, but I doubt that that's likely. Jeremy Pelzer wrote this for Cleveland.com. Lou Ann sent it. Thanks a lot. Questions or comments, put them below. Otherwise, talk to you later. Bye-bye. Thank you for watching Lato's Law. Admiration is possible without envy.